Good morning, KBU listeners. Good evening and good afternoon to people listening online uh, who are not trapped in the terrestrial time zone that we are. This is Culture in Motion, your twice monthly show talking about the intersection between art, culture, politics, music, activism. Um, today, we have I'm your host, Mike Crenshaw, along with my co-host, Ryan Danley. What's going on? Today we have What's up, man? A very special guest, uh, somebody who I consider to be prominent in the Portland hip hop scene. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting with him and working on a film that actually never came out. Uh, but one of the tightest MCs um, that I know, Glenn Waco, how are you doing, bro? Love, bro, just trying to stay out the way. Yeah, so I, I used to see you a lot more around. Uh, you used to be doing a lot more appearances and shows, and it's part of Don't Shoot PDX. You're one of the founders of Don't Shoot PDX, right? I wouldn't even take credit like that. I always uh, just say community organizer. Like, the founder really is Teresa Rayford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I started, like, uh, organizing, like, right when it was created, though. Mm. I want to say, like, a few months after. Okay. So I was there from the beginning, yeah. Um. So being an artist, being on this show, Culture in Motion, where we talk about the intersection of art, culture, politics, and activism, um, what are, where, where's your head at in this moment with the, with the current um, insurrections and uprising and rebellions against police terror? Man, I'm excited. Like, this is a time to be alive. Um, I'm motivated by everything I see, even if everybody on the ground don't necessarily get it right. Y'all can hear me? Mm -hmm. Even if the if, if, even if everybody on the ground don't necessarily get everything right the first go around, because there's a lot of new groups starting, there's a lot of new people um, coming into this right now, and um, I think that it's all a learning experience for everybody. But the fact that the messaging has has started to get more consolidated, and uh, the substantive. Um, parts of active of the whole protest is really starting to be the focus. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm excited about that because people could be in the streets all day long, all night long. If as long as the messaging is on point, like I'm all for it. Like disbanding, defunding, demilitarizing the police, getting resources back to our community. That's always been like the point. Mm -hmm. So the fact that everyone, this window of opportunity of everyone is consciously on the same wavelength as far as that goes, yeah. I think that's different. I think that's important. Yeah. Um, where are you at in terms of uh, reform versus abolition? I think that, um, I don't think that we need to be confined by an overturned window that allows us to just like think just in a particular framework. I think that we need to reimagine what public safety looks like in general. Yeah. It doesn't just rethink the role of police in society. Because I think that we get too married to how things are now mm -hmm. versus how things can be. Like imagine 1959 talking about getting rid of segregation or right before slavery was entered, get, getting rid of slavery. Like those type of moments in history uh, are very pivotal. And it's like it, it challenges your imagination of what you want the future to be like. I think we're at that type of crossroads with where we want to go as a country right now. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be really hard for people to wrap their heads around like a, a society that, you know, that you don't call an armed soldier to your door for, to report something stolen or to, you know what I mean? I think that those concepts in people's minds are, it's, it's just like, it's such a break from the, from the, you know, the status quo that we built, you know what I mean? So I think that's a, such a great point. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a lot of money in it, bro. Like politic, <laughs> follow the money. Anytime you want to find out why politicians or the system is moving, how it's moving, just follow the money. Mm-hmm. And what we got to reroute those, that, that funding that we're talking about back into the community. Mm-hmm. Do you think that um, we'll be moving beyond capitalism as as a dominant economic system in our lifetimes in in Western society? I think so. Um, I mean, I just I think that when just when it comes to labels in general, bro, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get away from that. Um, I see it. We we should define things. I get what you're saying, but ultimately, like we make government is us. Whatever society, however we label it, is how we choose to use funding, how, which resources we choose to invest in to make happen, what results are we trying to breed for these communities. And for so long, people of color have, have been called minorities. We don't have any electoral power. Now we're starting to, I mean, over the past couple of decades, we've been assuming these positions, but as far as like, Progress, like up from a progressive ideology, you're talking about capitalism. I think that we're moving, we're moving more towards a social democratic type of mentality, a way we think about governing. It, at the end of the day, all we're talking about is expanding the social safety net. Yeah, we're talking about just making sure people have decent education, decent housing. Um, you, there won't be an armed militia sent to your house and you're trying to call for something simple to like kill you. Whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like just. Mm-hmm. It's very basic things. It's, it's just rooted in human rights and human decency. It's all people are demanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, capitalism, when, when I think of capitalism, where capitalism gets wrong is it prioritizes profit over humanity. Like, it prioritizes profit. You can have both, but when you're prioritizing profit over humanity, then you start breeding a certain mentality in people to where they don't see color. If you don't see color, then you don't see my trauma. You don't see what you're doing. So all you're focused on is, is making a dollar. And we have to pick apart those roots to get to better healing our society. Well, whatever form of government comes out of addressing that type of thing, mm-hmm. I think that's a better way to go. Mm-hmm. Because capitalism is literally like, they're, they're literally like uh, set the world on fire if it means they'll make a little, a little buck. And that type of framing is just in, in, out of, in out of law with nature. It's in out of tune with nature. So we need to get away from that, period. Yeah. You know, I listened to something recently on these uh, on these co-op wars in Minnesota that happened in the seventies, and you know, like a lot of the co-ops had started as a as a kind of like really revolutionary, like less of like the kind of like nice neighborhood sort of thing that they have now, but kind of like a revolutionary idea of like everybody working for a common good. And unfortunately, like they just couldn't do it because the capitalism and the sort of the idea that was just couldn't, couldn't mesh together. And it just couldn't work together when you tried to introduce any sort of like any, you know, competition or trying to get people more wages or anything like that. It just couldn't happen. And, uh, and it's, and it's funny cause you see those attempts in it and it's, and it's just about how really practical humanity is to, to make mm-hmm. it. Uh, it's, it's really um, uh, astounding when you really start looking at the numbers of that. Yeah, man. I just think that 
when it comes to capitalism and basically what we're talking about is capitalism versus socialism at this point. Capitalism, basically down there left for dead, the people that socialism say in this right. pandemic right now. Like capitalism will have those people off of healthcare, just worry about the stock market, whatever. Socialism is making sure that priority is taking care of the most vulnerable uh, population in our society. Like, so I think that when we look at politics, when people just in general start looking at politics, we need to look at what they're, what people are talking about, who it benefits. Like, it's really that simple, whether you're a liberal, whether you're a conservative, whatever you, whatever branch of whatever you fall under. If it benefits corporations, you're not for the people. If it benefits society and people, <laughs> it's just like, that's, that's, in my perfect world, that's how I wish people would, would, uh, would go about things and frame things and how they vote for things and move about things. Because if we just vote from that framing, we start picking apart a lot of BS and uh, picking apart a lot of what people claim to be about. But if it ultimately doesn't come back to the people, then those seats need to be taken by people that actually are going to represent the community and not special interests. So you're being a hip hop artist, how long have you been writing, recording, performing as, as a lyricist and an MC? Uh, I want to say since middle school, I want to say eighth grade summer. So that was what, like 2008, 2007? Okay. So about 13 years you've been doing this? Yeah, I'll say that. And then uh, you spent some time here and also in LA what, working on your career, right? Yes, sir. And where yeah. where are you at with things right now? Do you have some new new music that you're going to be releasing soon? Yeah, um, I'm actually getting things with uh, my next single together right now. Um, uh, I actually I got an album, you know, that's currently in the works right now. Um, I don't want to give too much away because mm -hmm. everything is so like right around the corner. Mm -hmm. But I'm excited to just uh, just be releasing music again frequently in general. So. Did, did you kind of take a break for a minute? It seemed like... I in, mean, based on I, wouldn't, I wouldn't more so say take a break because yeah. I've always, like, wrote, but I kind of fell back and focused more on just community organizing. I wanted to get, like, the first-hand experience. Like, yeah. I just wanted to... Like, even before I was a musician, I always wanted to know, like, hmm, like, what makes this sick? Like, why is things the way they are so much? So just getting that first-hand experience having Teresa Rayford as a mentor like that's that's a blessing you know so I'm looking to apply that what I've learned to my art and uh everything I do moving forward mm -hmm. you know I um I grew up on, on hip-hop and then and then into punk rock for a lot of years and hardcore and uh this and that and you know I I really feel now hip hop has really risen to be the protest music of our era. You know, I, I, I'm not hearing it from the punk and hardcore side. Like I is, I mean, it's out there, of course, the, you know, mm -hmm. but it's always been kind of the same sort of a uh, message. Where do you, where do you think like hip hop's going to go with this? Like, what are, what are, what are you seeing out there? You know, like, what is the, is the vibe changing? Is there going to be more, more focus on this or, I mean, what do you, what do you, what do you see going on? In my opinion, um, Hip hop has always been a reflection of what's going on right now. If you are tired of seeing, I always like said this too, like when you've always seen um, 
just hip hop artists talk about a bunch of BS or whatever, just the drugs, whatever. That's what's going on in the ghetto. That's what's going on in these communities. Like that's what people are on, like mentally. So like right now, I think that we're going to see a wave of artists uh, that are quote unquote like just on the socially conscious tip. Like we're talking about everything that's going on right now because so many people are affected. Mm-hmm. I think that you'll always have. Uh, uh, artists that are going to make more so the party music but there's always going to be like music that speaks to what's going on right now yeah um you just got to search for it i think more so than ever though that a lot of artists are taking advantage of this time right now to make more relevant music Mm -hmm. more timeless music right now so yeah i had i recently found myself thinking um my music is more relative than it has been um, before in my career because the, the uh, availability of an audience that is ready to receive it is, un- is unprecedented. Um, so I'm really grateful for that. And I found myself thinking about like artists who write just club songs. Um, how I'm, I'm wondering if that's if, how, how they might feel challenged. Um, in the moment, but then you know, LL Cool J dropped the banger. Uh, that? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I peeped the verse. I don't know about the song. I haven't seen or heard a song, but I said I said peep the verse he wrote. Yeah, I, I heard him perform it. A couple of DJs I know have remixed it over beats. That's how I heard. Oh, that's it. lit. I didn't know that. That's lit. Yeah, yeah. I got a couple of them posted on my page. Um, and you know, it just makes me think about how how the the music industry has forced us into categories. But mm. behind the scenes, whether artists choose to talk about partying or talk about something socially conscious, a lot of us have a common experience. We're coming from the same communities. You know, we, we've experienced a lot of the same things in life. So it's really just a matter of what people choose to focus on um, with their art. But I'm curious to see how like pop, hip hop, popular rap music um, responds to this pandemic because it's not like we're really going out in clubs. I mean, we had a little opening, but things are about to shut down again. Mm-hmm. Um, as a career artist, as an independent hip hop artist, how do you see earning if this pandemic and, and venues uh, are not an option, touring is, is limited? What do you see happening? I think that creators create. <laughs> I think creators create. Uh, if it's not in one area where we like to be, I think that people it's going to be something, something, something that someone's going to create, or a certain um, wave that people tend to tap into that are going to be able to. Um, I don't know. Like I don't know how to really articulate what I'm trying to say in that moment. All I'm starting, trying to say in moments like this is always something that happens, and it's all like I said, creators create. I don't think that it's going to be as bad as it looks. Um, I think that people need to take advantage of any music that they've been holding on to that's mm-hmm. already created. I think this is a time to release it. I think this is a time to just go. Yeah. All for it. Just go. Yeah. Yeah. You listening to anything good right now? Uh, man, like, as far as music, Rashid just dropped like three albums in the span of like how like fifty months he said or something like that. Like I'm I'm trying to digest twenty two grams right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been honestly just listening to my new music, just getting ready for things. Um, Rashid, of course, Mike, my camp. 
Um, outside of that, that Jay Electronica album, um, I listened to a lot of, uh, of course, Cole Kendrick discography that never gets old to me. Sure. Um, yeah, outside of that, yeah, man, I just stay locked in. Honestly, I do more looking at documentaries or studying more than I listen to hip hop nowadays. So. I hear that big time. So for our listeners, um, for those of you who, who might not have recognized the references, uh, Rashid Jamal and Mike Capes, and you guys are all part of the crew called The Resistance. Um, yes, sir. So those are, those are your comrades. Where, um, for our listeners, if they want to check out what you're doing online, where Bandcamp, where's, where's a good place for people to find your music? Everything is Glenn Waco, um, from Bandcamp to uh, Twitter. My Twitter is Glenn Waco. My Instagram is Glenn Waco. We have, uh, right now, we have merch. The Cop Lies Matter uh, shirts is on sale. Uh, Make Races Afraid Again, those uh, hats are on sale. That's a merch uh, we got going. Uh, but as far as anything else, just stay tuned. Everything's around the corner and just stay locked in. And uh, and speaking of make, making races afraid again, a while back you had had your car vandalized. You think it was a result of having that? Was it a Make Races Afraid Again hat in your car? Yeah. And yeah, you, it was in the back of uh, a back of the whip, and that happened. So, did you ever get to the bottom of it, though? No. Okay. Yeah. Was that was that in Portland or was that in? Uh... Yeah. Was that in Portland? Yeah, that was uh, actually in the just right in front of the whip, honestly, in, in the parking lot. You know, and, and that was never handled. But uh, we, I'm out of that situation as far as that. So I'm like, everything good on that. But that happened. That that did happen. Yeah. That's scary. I mean, I'm not really like when it comes to that, like people are cowards. Like people will vandalize, people will say whatever, but when it comes down to it, they don't really, you know, they don't really do nothing when you're in front of them. So Yeah. What has been going on uh, with Don't Shoot Portland? How's uh how's the action been? They've been doing they've been getting uh um has this uh, time period like up that action with them or support or what are we I mean, we always looking for uh, for more support. We really appreciate, uh, you know, all the support thus far with everybody. But um, right now, uh, we're just wanting more demonstrators to file with our legal services uh, for the police using tear gas against peaceful protesters mm-hmm. and brutalizing people in the streets, you know, when it gets dark. <laughs> That's, there's a lot of reports that are happening. So we're just urging people to use our legal services so we can press that line with the, with the people against the city mm-hmm. so uh that's where you know that's where we're at right now that's our focus right now yeah i saw the the report that you uh had released on on the harmful uh consequences of tear gas and yeah because tear gas is a weapon of war right it was banned in wars it's banned by the geneva convention but mm-hmm. they use it against us you know yeah so that i mean that in of itself that says a lot right there it's banned in war so why are you allowing that to be not only targeting um, just American citizens, but like the most marginalized communities just simply asking for you to stop killing them with impunity in the middle of a global pandemic where our respiratory systems are at risk. So you're more so just hitting that pressure point of affecting marginalized communities instead of, again, investing in community, instead of just listening to what people are saying. Like, I think that we're, we're just seeing a lot of... Uh, fascism yeah like really show his face right now like the response some of these like 
police departments and police unions have had, it's just like, huh, like you really think that you're occupying force and you're not a public servant. Like mm-hmm. the way they talk, they don't talk like public servants. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just, it's just crazy right now. It's always amazing to me that like, like they just don't feel like there's any way they could possibly do their job differently. You know, they, they I mean? come off like they the victim. They, they come exactly. off like so indignant. Like man, they're yeah. they're like four year old children. You know, it's a cult. It's a four year old boy culture. Somebody got caught with their hand in a cookie jar, and they want to instead of being accountable, they want to have a temper tantrum. Um, the problem is it's deadly force. You know, and I think Realize. I think the lie of being public servants has always been a lie. And when, you know, when we study the history, it was about catching slaves and protecting private property um, mm-hmm. and using violence as the tool, not intellect, not any kind of skills, violence. And uh, that's just clear now. It's plain as day. And that's, they know that, but I think um, now the public knows it in an unprecedented way, so. And that right there, bro, what a time to be alive because people are finally snapping out of that trance. So um, I'm yeah. excited. Me too. I've been feeling more alive than I felt, bro. Seriously. You know? Bro, like, <laughs> these, last, these last couple of months have been rough, bro. Like, we, we needed something to snap us out of that. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. the way they did Bernie was not cool. Yeah. Like, the way they just flat lied about us not having money for anything, and then all of a sudden they got trillions to inflate the stock market to give us $1,200 minimum wage checks. Like, we supposed to be happy with that. That's crazy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> well, shoot, man. It's been great talking to you. Appreciate you stopping by Culture in Motion. Absolutely, bro. Love. Whenever y'all need me, just holler at me, bro. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And uh, keep doing the good work. And uh, keep putting out the records. I'll put up uh, I'll put up uh, links to uh, your stuff and your merch. And uh, don't shoot on the uh, when this airs on the uh, on our uh, uh, page. So um, whatever we can do for you, you let us know. Okay. Appreciate you guys, man. Love. Love. Have a good night, man. All right, you too.